Discussing Network. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Discussing Trek, a Star Trek podcast, an unofficial podcast about the CBS All Access series, Star Trek Picard and Star Trek Discovery. Today, we're going to talk about Star Trek Picard Episode 10 at in Arcadia Ego, Part 2. Like always, I'm your host, Clarence, and I'm joined by my fellow co-host, Slash Trekkies, starting with none other than the tech historian, Carrie Brown. How you doing, man? Can't complain. It's all good over here in Austin, Texas. Yeah, man. Trying to stay COVID free. No, no doubt. <laughs> no doubt. All right. And we'll head on down to Hattiesburg, Mississippi to talk to the Trek historian, Jonathan Shorts. How you doing, man? Doing good, man. Doing good. Uh, excited to talk about this last episode of Picard. And I got a feeling we're going to have some mixed feelings, mixed emotions here. So we'll see. Yeah, man. Oh, so much to get into. Also down there with you, we have the Stargate historian, Jeremy Barrow. How you doing, man? I'm doing great. I'm, I, I, too, am ready to discuss this episode because I agree there probably will be some mixed reactions to what happened. No doubt. Also in Jackson, originally Mississippi, we have... The Who story in himself, Cal Jones. How you doing, man? Can't complain. I'm interested to see what the mixed reactions are going to be. So I am, I, I'm excited to talk about this. So glad to be here. Yeah, man. It 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 should definitely be an interesting conversation. Um, some of the places the story went to, I was not expecting. Though I guess they telegraphed it, and we can get into some of that a little bit later. As always, we thank everyone for their feedback. And if you want to send in feedback, you can send that in to fans at discussingtrek.com, which we've been getting some. And I have to we have to dissect a little bit because we got a great. What's the guy's name, John? I forget. Jamie. Jamie. Yeah, yeah Jamie, which is a he, not Jamie. a she, by the way. Correct. Uh, I apologize, Jamie. <laughs> I do apologize. Yeah, but Jamie sent in some good feedback about the Star Trek Picard tie-in book, which I'm sure at some point we're going to get into. But I definitely want to review that because it sounded like it had a lot of good tidbits for the season. Way more meaty than that countdown book we talked about. So I can't wait to dive into that book. And also we got some feedback, as always, from our friend Eric Hetherington from Canada, who uh, just talks about how he really loved this this uh, finale of Picard and we'll get into all that feedback at some point. But again, thank, thank you guys for actually chiming in and hitting us up via email or the social medias. We really appreciate it. We want to go into a little bit of news, not much, but we have one article that Carrie posted talking about Brent Spiner's gentle exit. Do you have any feedback specifically about that that you want to talk about? Uh, well, yeah, actually, since you mentioned it, um, yeah, there was one specific part of the article that I thought was interesting, like as it pertains to us, because I know from time to time we talk about the um, adult language yeah. in <laughs> Star Trek, uh, Discovery and in this. And um, the interviewee, this was the TV Guide article, they actually asked him about it. OK, so he asks him what what was also fun about this season was just how potty mouth everyone was. How did you feel about the swearing? And Spiner replies, I didn't mind it. I know some people were maybe unhappy with it and said, that's not Star Trek. You can't do that. And other people were like, oh, come on. This is how people talk. Uh, I didn't have a problem with it. But if you remember in the movie Generations, I blurted out an expletive when I thought the Enterprise was crashing. And so I think it's canon, as they say. They tried to make a slightly more adult version of Star Trek. And I think that Gene Roddenberry would have been fine with it. Initially, when we started doing Next Generation, his idea was to do a more adult version of Star Trek somewhere in the first episode. The studio came along and said, you guys got to tone it down. We can't have that. And so we never did it again. But I think Gene would be perfectly happy with it. Thoughts? Yeah, it's it's interesting, the sensibilities around swear words. You know, I think of uh, what Bones used to often say, damn it, Jim. You know, uh, <laughs> what, it, is that word? That word is kind of just seen as not even being that bad anymore. So, I mean, certainly if you think of the last 10 years, uh, I'm not going to say the expletives, but the S and the F word have become more prevalent. I'm not saying it should be more acceptable, but that's kind of like where television has went over the past 10, 15 years. Uh, so, yeah, it's, it's kind of strange to look at a 2020 Star Trek and the things that are pretty much more or less acceptable, but still you might not want your kids to, <laughs> to hear. So I don't know. It's a weird place. 
you know, I, I kind of mentioned that a couple of episodes back about the swearing and it just wasn't the same Star Trek, which like I, I don't really care. Like I'm OK with that. And I love the show. But I think we kind of like you just kind of pointed out, Clarence, and you were kind of gave gave us an example. You you said, damn it, because that's what McCoy would say. But when it came to SNL, you wouldn't say it at all. And I think the words that we normally heard in previous trick were the swear words that were just commonly accepted. And I don't think S and F has really been accepted yet in that in this field. So All right, well, I'm okay with it. All right. Well, let me swing the conversation or the point in this direction. Could it be a little bit that the reason we pay so much attention with Star Trek as opposed to another property is Star Trek has been around for so very long. And when it was first created back in the 60s, you know, saying, damn it, Jim, was probably like really risque at that time, as opposed to what we're seeing, you know, now. Yeah, yeah, I get that. I kind of feel it both ways, because in some ways I feel like this is a product of the time. But in other ways, I feel like they may be forging new ground. Like if you think about the original series, one of the first interracial on-screen kisses was Kirk and Ohora, wasn't it? That was right. like a groundbreaking, controversial thing that happened, and it happened in Star Trek. Like, yeah. So I, I feel like they've always tried to push the envelope as much as they could, but you know, I, I even said this a couple podcasts ago. Like, I feel like it's also a product of the medium. Like, yeah, you're, you're on the internet where there are no like network F- FCC like standards that you have to follow. So we're actually getting. Star Trek as it was intended, I would even argue. <laughs> yeah. One of the things I'm trying to get, I kind of gauge it against is if we got a similar thing in Doctor Who, and I could never see that happening in Doctor Who, quite frankly. Mm-hmm. No, I could doctor. I could see Capaldi dropping a few F-bombs if need be. Well, you know, it's Peter Capaldi. He's just this guy, <laughs> what he was before he became a Doctor Who. But, but just in the show in general, I can't. But see, but no, but see, Doctor Who is still considered young adult viewing, no matter how old someone might be that's watching it. It's still considered, you know, young adult. Yeah, I get it. I get it. So, yeah, that, that was a definitely a great tidbit from uh, Brent Spiner. And thanks to Kara for posting our article. Uh, does anyone else have any news or anything they want to talk about before we just dive into this review? Uh, yeah. So there was a post. uh Sir Patrick Stewart has been spending his quarantine time uh, reciting daily sonnets from Shakespeare. And he started at number one and working his way up. So it's if you can understand Shakespeare, which I really don't. But, (laughs) (laughs) but, I mean, you can appreciate the voice anyway. So it's pretty cool to listen to. Yeah, I've been listening to a few of them. I think I've been watching it on Instagram, actually. And it's pretty cool, but again, like if you're not really a Shakespearean, you know, follower or whatever, it's kind of just like, oh, that, I, yeah, that's hard to understand. <laughs> but he said this so eloquently, so you know, <laughs> right? He's reading the phone book. <laughs> oh man, I was gonna say it is probably worth noting that they did CBS All Access did make Picard season one all free. Yes, for, I think the next month. That's a good tidbit. So did they do a 30-day trial just of the CBS All Access in general, or was it just specifically Picard? Do you know? Specifically uh, Picard. Really? Interesting. And so from what I've read, it was at the urging of Pat- Patrick Stewart. Yep. <laughs> yeah. I'm sure a lot of the people who hated Discovery because it would was, wasn't free would, would very much like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And then it could be a result of like the time frame that we're in where we're seeing movies go to straight to digital and people are at home longer now that they can't really go into the office. And it's, you know, maybe just want to give something back to uh, the viewers out there. So, yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. All right. Well, we're going to move right along into our review of Star Trek Picard and in Arcadia Ego Part 2, originally aired for streaming on March 26th. And directed by Akiva Goldsman, who also directed Star Trek Discovery's Context is for Kings. And we take my hand in addition to the first part of this two-parter. I want you to reconsider your present course of action. We have no choice. That is a failure of imagination. What are you doing here? Trying to save the universe? 
ships prepare to fight. It's the end of everything. The sky will crack. The worlds will burn. Show them you're not the enemy. You're not the destroyer. So we're going to get right into it, but I want to go around the horn and get everyone's high level view of this episode. And let's start in Hattiesburg. So, John, what do you think, man? Um, so I'll probably catch some flack from one or two of you, but I think this was the best episode so far. Uh, I liked a lot about it, and I really liked almost every part of this episode until I spoke with Jeremy, and he kind of <laughs> ruined the couple of parts for me. Uh, but I liked it; it was good. It gave us what we needed, and it put a little nice little bow on it. So I'm happy. Awesome. What do you think, Jeremy? Well, so as you probably get it from Jonathan, I was not as big a fan of this episode as he was. Um, I, they they did some things I liked. They did a lot of things I didn't like, but. Uh, I mean, they, they, they wrapped it up nicely. So, so yeah. All right, Kyle, what you got, man? Loved it. Absolutely <laughs> freaking loved it. And I, uh, Jonathan, I was ex- really expecting you to say that you didn't like it. <laughs> really? <laughs> yeah. For some reason I was expecting you to say you didn't like it, but, but my hat's off to you. I, I'm glad you liked it. I loved it. It was awesome. <laughs> All right. What do you think here? Um, I think overall it was a very strong episode. Um, there are a few parts that I was kind of like scratching my head, but for the most part, like it unfolded about how I expected. Um, so yeah, two thumbs up. Yeah. And I'm, I'm right there with you guys. I, I, I really loved it. I really loved it. Um, there are a few parts I kind of questioned, like, really, is that the choice you made? But overall, I thought it was a very satisfying end to a very good season and um, brought a lot of good closure to some characters we know and love, as well as took some weird directions with some as well. So I guess we can seven, <laughs> seven of Rafi. Yeah, seven of Rafi <laughs> and, and just Picard in wow. general. Um, <laughs> he just a, went there. He's a sick. <laughs> We're going to get into all of it. We're going to get into all of it. Spoilers. Red alert. All hands stand to battle station. I'll give you the right. You cannot destroy an idea. At ease before you spray something. I want to give credit where credit is due. We have we've talked about the X-Men vibes we got from part one, but I think Kyle totally called it from the show intro he said there were all kind of key pieces in there he mentioned Picard's zoom out of his eye in the introduction and the real truth is is we've seen from the very first intro what was going to happen so Cal uh, kudos to you any thoughts well you actually you or Carrie one put me on to watching the credits and discovery and i think that's where i was like okay if stuff was in discovery's credits let me watch and see what they put in picard if it's the same people making it so that was the logic it wasn't like oh i discovered it i just applied you guys logic yeah but still never never in a million years i would have thought that was the direction they were going in i think i even questioned you when you said it like no (laughs) no way (laughs) But let's go ahead and get into it. And we're going to start with the Borg cube. And we start the episode off with Narek making the journey to the cube in a pretty, you know, fantastic looking scene. I thought, again, another view of the Borg cube crashed there on the planet. Good stuff there. So this is specifically to Jeremy. Did they manage to calm your gripes about the scale of the inside of the Borg cube in this episode? Because we just didn't see that interest this time. We got a little bit more this time. I've made my peace with how they're showing the Borg Cube. I think they did they did a better job this time. I would have liked to have seen more. But they, they did a better job this time than to show me what else is in there. Awesome. Awesome. Yeah, I got to agree with you. I, I really liked how they showed a few separate parts. Not a whole lot. <laughs> but it felt a little more fulfilling than just that one room that we got in the previous episode. So I really like that. 
Um, any other thoughts about this, the the board cube and maybe the how it looked initially in this episode before we move on? Carrie? Okay. I'm just going to say <laughs> it. They clearly show... Um, I can't remember her name. The Narissa? Yeah, they show her transporting out of the cube. So then she transport out of the cube and then transport back into the cube. What's up with that? Or do we assume she transported out of the cube? They show her like sparkly thing and and then like they cut <laughs> they cut to a ship. Like well, they, they, showed her, trans- they showed her transporting. They didn't show where she transported. Right. She could have had like a safe place within the cube. So she transported to another place in the cube. What transported that's, her? And like that's possible from yeah. for an external ship to transport things from one place to another in another. Like so, I don't know that much about Star Trek, so like that's entirely plausible. It doesn't yes, happen often, but but yeah, it's possible. Sight to sight. I mean, it's used as the plot point in some episodes to get out of traps and things. So yeah, it's it's, <laughs> it's something that happens. Wasn't that convenient? All right, I'm I'm gonna <laughs> shut up. She could have teleported it's, or beamed back to the ship itself and then re-beamed back to another part of the of the cube. Yeah, that could happen, too. I mean, it's so big and I, I, it looks like there's a lot of good places to hide in there. So <laughs> I don't think it, it, it's it's called suspension of disbelief. Sometimes you just have <laughs> to just to believe that it's true just to move on. I don't know that much about the lore. So like just the fact that like she had like 100 dudes hanging on her, like all grabbing her clothes. <laughs> They were able to pinpoint her that precisely to transport just her when there's people like hanging all over her. Like that's possible as well. Like that's just okay. Like that's that makes well, sense. It's, it's I'll say this. Skeletal lock. I, I'll say this. Is it possible? Yes, but have we seen it a lot? No. It's with a main transporter. It's usually hard to separate individuals in a group like that yeah but they also we've seen a lot of times you have site-to-site transporters that are mobile so they have it on them on themselves at the time oh so, okay. all right all right that makes and, more sense though if it was on her that makes a whole lot more sense and just remember this is 30 years in the future 25 30 years in the future transporter technologies has gotten better but we, when you're talking about jeremy's suspension of disbelief when her brother was running around sneaking in, you can't tell me nobody <laughs> saw him sneaking in. Oh yeah, that was a bit much. I guess Elnor saw him maybe because he saw him leaving out. So, <laughs> but but speaking of you know uh, Narek and Narissa, I want to you know totally just talk about these three questions. And one of which I felt was totally unnecessary. So, um, have you found any of them? Question mark. Have you beat any of them? <laughs> Have you killed any? The second question totally was unnecessary. Have you effed any of them, really? I can, I can see the reason for dropping the F-bombs and dropping the explicit content, but that was like totally unnecessary. So that's why I didn't like it. I thought it was a friendly jab. Well, a friendly bomb jab. <sighs> Quick punch to the gut, I guess. I didn't have a problem with it. Surprisingly, I didn't either. Really? Am I the only one? I just thought it was th- their weird relationship is the yeah. way I took it. She's got a brother complex, honestly. Like it's like cruel intentions, kinda. If you've seen that movie, but Narek mentions a few things, other things that I found interesting. It was um, he mentioned that their parents died in their effort to stop the synthetics. He also mentions that he was disgraced, or he's a Zotvash washout. So I also I thought that the Zotvash were all women. So I guess that's not true. Did anybody else pick that up? I I took it more so yeah. if she was such a devoted person to this order and he didn't have parents and she was taking after him or looking after him or whatever, then she probably tried to impose all of that onto him. And that's why he always felt like I'll never be whatever. And again, they just had a weird relationship, so that might be it. Okay, awesome. I can awesome. Go with that. Yeah. All right. So let's go ahead and jump over to the Capilia Station trick. And first off, um, in a bit of foreshadowing, Picard looks at a butter, a synthetic butterfly, in which he says, "Lucky you." <laughs> I just kind of laughed at that. Then Picard gets a visit from Soji. Looking at the suppressed species slash race angle, is Soji right to defend her people? Now, 
of course, it goes a bit further when you say eradication of all organics. But doesn't she kind of have a point? She does, but she just met her people. So I'm, I'm, I'm kind of having a hard time buying that emotional bond of, of just of people that she had just met. She just figured out who she was. And now all of a sudden, you know, she's full in. Hmm. Well, she does say that we have no choice, which uh, Picard says, like one of my favorite lines I have ever heard him say in any series. And he, he's actually had a lot of these in, in this first season. But he makes the comment that to say you have no choice is a failure of imagination. And I just really, really love that line. I want to kind of put that on a wall with this picture because it's just a great, great statement. Yeah, I, I kind of had a problem with what like her her direction she was going. But then I kind of attribute it to the improbable mind meld she had with the <laughs> head lady. Like, so I'm assuming she may have put some of that doubt and anger into her from that. Because it was like a if she didn't, then I kind of have a bigger problem because like all of a sudden she just flipped out like she just went hardcore. I'm going to kill all humans. Yeah. And I think Rios made another made a good point. I think it was Rios uh, saying that they're the equivalent of four and five year olds. You know, they haven't been around for that long. Uh, maybe teenager at best. So they're they're having to make some very like hard hitting decisions and they're not they're not that old at all. All right. So let's let's jump into like the Gerardi, the Agnes Agnes Gerardi Redemption Tour. Um <laughs> can, can, can I just say one thing before we go there? Uh, go for it, man. Go for it. All right. So like this is the whole thing that confuses me about this last art. It has been established and proven that the Romulans hacked the androids and caused all the problem that started all this mess. Like it's been established. We know that that is it. Oh, like we know she's a double agent. Like we we know that the sense didn't really do anything wrong. So like why why isn't like why why did why did they all forget that? Like nobody seems to remember that like they have an out here. Like so the sense did- don't have to. Did they hack? The they android? don't have to like. You talking I'm about because they, 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 they awakened Soji? Is that what you're talking about? No, when 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 the androids were building the ships on Mars, was it Mars? Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you told me um, yeah. and, and they all went nuts because they were trying <laughs> to save the, like the, the androids that killed everybody. Like that's what caused yeah. the synthesis. It's like a self fulfilling prophecy. Yeah, like we know that that the end the sense weren't bad um and like they just all seem to forget that like that was the major problem i have this episode was like you guys have an out you had an out and like nobody even brings it up and it was driving me crazy the whole episode well i guess it's almost like if you think of somebody from a certain country does does something wrong but then we want to eradicate the whole country i think the response is too extreme i think that's pretty understood that they're response to eradicate all organics just to a stream you know so they do have some justification and you know being mad and wanting to get you know revenge but the response just seemed a bit too much they bring their big brothers from another dimension (laughs) they act like they're painted in the corner but they're not they're not painted in the corner like starfleet actually would back them up in this sense which i guess eventually they do but i don't know so with the never exception mentioned. of Soji, would we say that, because Clarence, you said they were angry, could it be that the rest of them aren't as advanced as she is and they're looking at it from a pure logic perspective? Possibly. And I think they said as much. Uh, Soon's, well, Data's brother, I forgot his name, Soon, but he, awesome. you know, he said, he, he told Picard not to, like, to stop talking because they were still young and malleable. Like, they... Picard could talk these sense into believing whatever he says because they just they didn't have a mind of their own yet. And I'm paraphrasing. I don't know the exact words, but yeah, I mean, you're totally right. I mean, again, like they're young, they're relatively young, but smart as heck. So I don't know. It's a little confusing. They're very advanced in some aspects and others. You know, of course, I guess they're susceptible to being lured in one direction or the other. And I think it was even Picard to make the comment of them being raised by two lunatics, you know, Maddox and uh, Alton soon. So 
they really haven't been around the best of humanity, I wouldn't think. So all good points. But jumping back a little bit on Double O Girati, let's talk about her a bit and her <laughs> <laughs> creeping through the facility to grab an eyeball. Now, this is one of the you know problems I had with the episode. To me, they just felt very cheesy. It felt, felt very cheesy, a la Minority Report or whatever. You know, grab the eyeball to get in the door. I didn't really like it. It just felt too dumb to me. But any other thoughts on um, Dorati, you know, kind of saving the day there for Picard? Convenient. <laughs> Have, had to happen, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Let's jump into the La Serena trick. And we're going to talk a little bit about Rafi, Rios, Elnor, and Narek. And um, in a weird, weird how they laid out the episode to where that crew switched with Picard and Girardi at the exact same time, which I did not like at all. To me, it just felt too, I'm like, what even happened here? But we'll, we'll get into it. Oh. So, but before that, and this is probably going to be directed to our cow, we see Reels use his imagination with this synth device. A la get out of jail free card. <laughs> It basically seemed to me like the Star Trek version of the Sonic Screwdriver. I may have had an issue with that, too. Uh, not a big issue. Like, I was okay with it, and it was kind of cool. But here we go. You you point something out, and then I'm kind of like, you know what? That really was kind of out there. And again, we, we go back to the same thing. Like, most technology and trick, like, we can assume that it's going to be something feasible, and here's something that's just totally not. That all of a sudden, we have magic. Right. Yeah. We, we we try to pit everything in the Star Trek reality, even though it's way beyond what we know. But we try to at least stay within those rules. And uh, you got to come in there, Cal, as you went and got your Sonic. <laughs> yeah. But I agree. Uh, I, I know where you were going with that. And it did feel like here's your... Little, let's you know we don't know how to do this. Uh, let's create something, and all you do is point at it. Yeah, yep. just and then it's used again for the Picard maneuver a little later. It just, oh, I hate that device. Why does it have to exist? <laughs> at least it. At least they don't point at every single opportunity that they get. Not yet. <laughs> Not yet. Wait for season oh, two. My. Oh man. Oh, but 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 you but you do have to admit the the concept of that along with the visual of it was cool. Yeah, it was it was it was high. <laughs> um, are we gonna see those for sale this summer? Get <laughs> your uh, synth uh, repair device at your local Barnes and Noble. Get your synth ocarina available if it's target near you. <laughs> oh boy, oh boy, yeah, you you will see that in cosplay, no doubt. No doubt. So let's talk about the Sneevely Sneevely guy that, you know, I thought had so much promise that has just really gotten on my nerves ever since his triumphant moment in the impossible box. And that would once again be Narek. Narek shows up to the Las Arena throwing rocks to get in. And now he's a good guy all of a sudden. <laughs> <sighs> Any comments on that? Oh, uh, it, it, it. Listen, you guys are picking my great show apart here. <laughs> uh, just wait. <laughs> Listen, I mean, I was okay with it, but I mean, now that you mention it, like, yeah, it was a little fast, but uh, anyway, they had to put a bow on it. This part was a part that was ac that actually made the most sense to me, oddly enough. Like, they, they should have teamed up at this point, because if they don't, they're all going to die. Like, it made complete sense to me yeah it's like the enemy and my enemy is my friend or i think i think that's how it's done say it <laughs> but yeah it just it just felt weird to see this guy which i do have to say when you look at the grand scheme of things of the bad that he's done what has he really done he kind of tricked soji that's that's about it he didn't really do anything <laughs> else bad now if you talk about narissa narissa killed people um you could probably say O was maybe even a little bit worse, but Narek really didn't. I didn't see him kill anybody this season. I just hope they don't make him a good guy next season. I really don't. We're done with him. I doubt it. But that's kind of how they gave you maybe the feel that he might be, or maybe it's you don't know if you can trust him is the feel that they'll go with. Yeah. 
needs a nemesis, and I feel like they could develop him into a pretty uh, compelling nemesis in future seasons. I hope that's the direction they go. I don't want him to just be chasing Soldier around like a puppy dog. Um, <laughs> but that's just my opinion. Yeah. I mean, he didn't even kill the synth. Like, um, what's, what's her name? Killed her. So he, he really didn't do anything bad. <laughs> oh, we did get a comment uh, here from um, YouTube where Jessica says, cough, lazy writing, magic plot device, cough, in response to this Sonic, this Star Trek Sonic screwdriver is what I'm calling it. I like that. Let's move along a little bit. And so oh, another thing just made me really mad is the whole dumb thing of we're going to march back in there, but we're going to make you our prisoner and they're going to let us through. That was so dumb. The oldest trick in the book. And we're going to put the bomb in a soccer ball. (laughs) I need my soccer ball, dog. I know. I want to play some soccer. Let me have my ball. (laughs) Oh, boy. That's so, so bad. And they, they let him in and didn't follow him around. Really? Yeah. Well, did they have a reason to distrust him, really? Yeah, they kicked them all out. <laughs> you got Bye. They're the flashbacks. I mean, he just killed one of their members and then got away, or so they think. But then we're going to let him in to run around and do whatever he want to. So. Yeah, but but didn't weren't they bringing him in as a prisoner though? <sighs> yeah, I mean that part. Yeah, yeah they, they, were, but... they put Picard in, Picard in prison. I mean, they put everybody else with the exception of Gerardi and the only reason they didn't put her in the prison because she's their mother so why would they let these guys come in and bring in a prisoner it just didn't make any sense it's bad writing yeah, yeah, I was fixing to say like Jessica said lazy bad magic pot device <laughs> yeah, Picard's pretty much said Jesus at this point and they put him in jail <laughs> and like Sim gonna Jesus. let Ah, foreshadowing. But yeah, they put <laughs> him in jail. Like, yeah, of course. Yeah. Now that you make me think about it, it didn't make it. But they didn't put him in jail. They just kind of locked him up in Maggs' room. So he, it's not like he was doing without, like he was just on bread and water he, or anything. Is he incarcerated against his will? <laughs> yeah, but he was at the, like, was the where jail. the rich people go to jail, where they can still kind of do what they want. They just can't go out to eat every Hey, night. hey, hey. Martha Stewart prison is still prison. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> oh gosh <laughs> oh boy so let's talk a little bit about, about Alton soon you know after he finally completes his golem um, you know we just mentioned that he sees that Sutra actually killed the other synth um, lucky for us when the crew comes into town <laughs> Alton to the rescue I guess um, what do we think of soon? teaming up with and turning against quite frankly his creations did that make a lot of sense i mean he gets good justification you're no better than we are but eh. i was okay with it i mean it it's soon and he i think he never lost sight that these are just machines like i mean i I know he counts them as important and he counts them as family but at the end of the day he i don't think he ever really just lost sight of what they really were Compare like I don't think he ever gave them more value than he gave himself or mm, I don't know. Go ahead, Cal. Okay. All right. So I just had a thought sitting here, and here's my thought. What if this whole elaborate setup from releasing the two uh the twins out into the real world, they look just like this painting, etc. and so forth. We know that Picard is about to die based on the expectancy of and what happened. What if this was all Data's plan to bring Picard there? And that's why Soong was going alone and all of a sudden switched on a dime like that because he was, he and Data had that planned all along. Our Data had that planned and he was helping him. Yeah, I could, I could buy that if they actually alluded to it at all in the series, but it, it that doesn't seem like anything they've alluded to. But it, I think I would like that better, actually, uh, than what we got, because he goes from he goes from eradicating all organics by opening the hell portal, portal to hell of these aliens coming through to actually, oh, you're no better than they are. So, yeah. <laughs> I don't know. OK, out number two, 
out number two. The whole reason they're even calling the death sense is because <laughs> Nair killed their sister who didn't. That's not out of character for him at all. Yes. I talked about that in the last one. Yes. But they're killing. They're, they're calling the death alien monster, whatever you want to call them. They're calling the the Zerg. Or I don't know. Whatever you want to call them. I can't remember their real name. They're calling them because he killed the the. I can't remember her name. But the one that has they missing an eye, yeah, missing an eyeball right now. <laughs> now we know that he didn't kill her, and it was a synth that killed her. Are we still gonna summon the master race? Synth? <laughs> yes, uh, yes, we are. Even though she's deactivated, Soji is taking up her mantle. Well, don't what? I mean? What? what? Don't you think at that point what? though, like it, they weren't summoning the death synths just. For that reason, they also were summoning them because there was a Romulan force coming to attack them that they couldn't uh, stop. Good point. We know at this point. Uh, has he called Starfleet yet? I think he has. Hasn't he called he, Starfleet? Well, they yeah. Called. yeah, but they don't know that, do they? And they're not there, so you have to assume they're not coming, I guess. All right. Because when, when he, he, he called called Starfleet, but he didn't know if they answered or not. Well, the only the only answer to to um saving themselves from the Romulus, Romulans is to in, destroy the entire organic <laughs> race. Like, that's logical. These are sense. These are robots. Like, that doesn't even make sense. Like, I think it just got to the point where I think it was just one thing compounded on another. Like, I think the original idea was, the original thought was, hey, the Romulans are coming. We only have 15 killer flowers or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> and we have a board cube that we didn't do a crap thing. And like, so like their plan was like, well, we do have this option. We can call these people, but you know, they kind of digress from that. Cause they said, if we call these people, that's going to be like, we're going to destroy all none sits. So yeah. they didn't really, they didn't really go for that. But then the, then we have the eyeless scent situation. So that kind of compounded onto it. So now they're like really pissed. And they're like, okay, now the Romulans are still coming. And then, so I think one thing led to another that kind of pushed her to do that. I don't think it was just one specific situation. So now they're calling Metal Thulu. <laughs> I'll give you one thing, though. I'll give you one thing, though. There was not a lot of time. They had to think fast. Yeah. Here's something that I thought about in the last 15 seconds. These are all sense, right? Right. Find a hard drive, put all the <laughs> brains on the hard drive, and soon can just go away and run away with Soji and then they can just recreate everybody mm-hmm. and they don't have to destroy all the entire organic people in the entire universe so like a pocket universe Kyle sort of like yeah. you say like they had outs but it's just like no we must make this final confrontation happen no matter what and yeah. the threat even, I don't know like that's a that's what was bothering me this whole episode I guess it's more than just one thing but like this is another situation where uh, I don't know yeah I mean I, 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 I should I totally get it. They, they had options. They had options. Like even Picard says, you know, that's a lack of imagination. They had options. They just chose not to take them. They they took the worst option. Talk about throwing the baby out with the bathwater. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> so cubes. Like nobody's going to try to activate the board cube and try to use it. They all got sucked out in the space. So um, let's talk about cliche again. And I keep talking. I like this episode. I really did. Even though I'm talking about stuff that got on my nerves. I really did like this episode. I mean, I'm not even lying. I really liked it. But why do we always have to have in most mostly movies, I guess, the showdown has to be between the woman and the only other woman. It I, I just so I'm talking specifically about the showdown between Seven and Narissa. It just felt too cliche to me. Like, really? No, because I wanted her to die. I've been wanting that since episode two. Actually, I didn't care if it was whoever it was. It, you know, it could have been some mindless drone. I just wanted her gone. You think she's dead? I don't think she's dead. You think she pulled a Palpatine? I was going to say she Palpatine. <laughs> I don't think she's dead. I mean, she survived. She survived getting mauled by angry Becca Borg, and it was like <laughs> she fell down a bo- fell down the dark hole. We don't hear a splat. She's like, oh. <laughs> she activated the site to site transporter right before she hit the bottom. That's yeah, what exactly. Like, hopefully it's not like portal and her momentum carries or something. But like, still, <laughs> like, I don't think she's gone. I don't think she's gone. Good point. Good point. 
So let's jump back to the Picard Girardi track while they're on the uh, La Serena. Um, this kind of felt weird to me. This kind of felt weird, especially how they, you know, I talked about it before, but how they all of a sudden switched and were instantly, you know, on the La Serena all of a sudden. That felt weird. But like just in general, like I want to ask you guys, what do we think of the Girardi Picard duo? Was it good? Awkward? It felt awkward to me. But any thoughts from you guys on there, them teaming up kinda, there at the end? Kind of contrived almost. Mm-hmm. Too convenient. Her saying make it so was the ultimate cringe of this entire series. Like, Yeah. Oh, and interesting enough, um, they were in the ready room with Will Whedon um, and Allison Peel and, and Patrick Stewart. And uh, Picard argued against that being in the episode. He did not want that her saying make it so be an episode, but she fought or her and I guess someone else fought to put it in there. It It is this ultimate cringe. He was Patrick Stewart is totally right on that. It should not. It was fan service true enough, but it should not have been an episode. It just felt weird. It wasn't even fan service. It was bad. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. And then I guess I talked about it before, but the use of the the uh, the Sonic to do the car maneuver just so she okay follow me here if we go back to stardust city rag she didn't even really know how to operate the transporter but now she can use this device to spawn a hundred ships yeah just weird she's a scientist but i give you it's it was weird yeah but when you get caught up with it in the moment of the story, you know, I think some of this we're looking at from a, we're reviewing this aspect. The first time I watched it, a lot of this stuff, I didn't pay any attention <laughs> to because I was so caught up in the story. And we love it, man. We're just breaking it. I mean, to anybody listening, we love the episode. Like episode. Yeah. Yes, I liked it. I'm sorry. I'm just being super critical yeah. because we're going over it with a fine tooth comb. Yeah. No, and, and, and that's what I mean. I, w- yeah. I wasn't saying you guys were being critical. I was saying, you know, that's kind of where this is what we do. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, John, Jeremy, Will Riker to the rescue. Thoughts? Wasn't surprised to see him. Because once again, I made the mistake of looking in the credits. Thanks, Kyle, because now I kind of pay attention to that. You're very um, right. <laughs> Oh, I mean, it, it, it was fan service. It wasn't, it wasn't a bad fan service. I think they did a decent job with it. I wasn't happy with how the scene played out. But, I mean, it was, it was welcome. I thought it was awesome. <laughs> I, and I'm sure you guys are going to find some kind of way to break that. When Starfleet, like when their armada got there, like I just automatically knew Riker was going to be on the main ship. So, I mean, it wasn't a surprise, but I I liked it. I loved it. And I don't think anybody else would have been, unless it was like Cisco or or Janeway. But I mean, I loved it. I think it was perfect. Yeah, I thought (laughs) I thought it was pretty fantastic, too. I mean, he even makes the comment of. I'm not just going to sit at home and make bunny corn pizza or whatever the hell the heck it's called. I just (laughs) love every minute of him being on screen. It just was that burst of excitement we needed at that point in the episode. And also when you think about the conversation between he and uh, Picard, it was just all great stuff. That's the type of fan service I need though. Absolutely. If I were to argue about one thing, uh, the ships to me, all the ships look the same. I can remember past. They are Trek. the same. Why? I remember past uh, Trek episodes where they have like a multitude of ships. It's, they would all be different and interesting, but to me, they all look mm-hmm. like the Verity. Uh, if you remember the Verity design from the comics, they all look like that. So what? Oh, uh, so I read an article and from the writers, and this is a new version of ship called the Curiosity Class. Well, it's part of Curiosity Class Starship, which has been around for a while. But this is actually a newer version of it, and it's called the Zen Hay. We don't have any technical specifications on it, but it's supposed to be their top-of-the-line type battle-type ship. So mm. they mass-produced them for, I guess, moments like this. Interesting. Um, let me see. There was a... I have to go through the actual story. But it was kind of based off of the Enterprise E, Yep, it does look similar. Yeah. 
Yeah. So and they kind of took that and improved upon it and added a whole bunch of stuff they didn't tell us about. But supposedly <laughs> it's like the baddest warship they have. So naturally. Yeah, it it just felt too homogenous to me. I, I don't know. I'm, that's a little gripe to complain about. But other than that, I, I definitely love that scene. Cal, did you have any comments about the Will Rocker scene? You may have commented already. I, no, I w- the only thing I would add to that is I think we expected it, and I enjoyed it. I mean, like I said, I was caught up in it, and I, I, it wasn't overdone, but I enjoyed it. All right. Well, let's talk about Picard's gift, his life, <laughs> and Picard's rather quick descent or his, 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 his downward spiral in the health, which just... <laughs> You know, they did a lot of things like early on. They mentioned that he had or with what I'm calling the aromatic syndrome. They don't call it that in this series, probably for copyright reasons. But they mentioned it early on. It's like we don't revisit it to the last two episodes. I think they kind of did us a disservice by not trickling it throughout the season because it just felt like it came out of nowhere. What about you guys? Any any thoughts on that? Did it feel natural to you guys? It did to me. I, I, I kind of felt, you know, I mean, we've only had just a few episodes, so it kind of felt and it felt organic. And I think that they did in one of the mid episodes make some reference to it. Wasn't it in the last episode that he said something like said goodbye to Rafi? Yeah, that was in the I'm just saying it. It seemed like it would have affected him more throughout the season um, in I don't know. It just felt weird to me. But if you're not feeling it, maybe it's just <laughs> maybe it's just me. Uh, did anybody else have? I was fine with it. Cool. All right. Well, I guess we can go ahead and get into the aftermath and kind of start to wrap this thing up a little bit. Picard did die, right? He died in this episode, correct? Yes. That's my impression. Mine yes. too. And I think Data said as much. Yeah. It actually reminded me a lot where people talk about the transporter effect because they say you're dying every time you transport. If you've had that argument with anybody before. Um, But yeah, that it felt really weird to hear that, even though we didn't lose them. um, It still felt really weird and final. Uh, Almost like did somebody mention Jesus Picard or Jesus Sith? (laughs) It's almost like a resurrection (laughs) of sorts. I, if I can offer I, my opinion. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Kyle. No, no, no. Go ahead. Go ahead. I was just going to say, if I could offer my opinion, like, Picard's dead. He's dead. He's gone. <laughs> the Picard we know is gone. And the only, re- only reason I say that is, like, if you think about this logically, if somebody took an exact copy of my brain and put it in a robot or a synth or whatever, I'm still going to be dead. That other thing is for other people. Like, my consciousness is gone. It's a copy. Like, I'm dead. Like, this is just something for other people. That's just something for us. Picard's dead. He's gone. Well, they did say they transferred his consciousness. So I guess it's kind of how how do you look at it? What makes you you? Is it your mind and consciousness or is it your soul? Like, well, I mean, you you have to define philosophical debate that will go on forever. What about this? What at what point did he die? Did he die? in the ship or did he die on the planet if he died on the planet they could have already did the procedure before he actually physically died well they did say they made a copy right before he died they said that go ahead carrie i'm sorry saying like like it's a copy like like if i take the hard drive out of my computer and put it (laughs) in a computer it's still a different computer like even that is different than me just making a copy of that hard drive onto another computer and that hard drive dies, it's still dead. You know, like, I, I don't know. Like, I don't, I don't get this. Like he's gone. He's gone. Yeah. I mean, he's obviously physically not gone, but like I said, that's more for us and for the people that's he's gone. He's dead. Yeah. That, that certainly made me feel a bit of sadness when, when I thought about that in, in, in the case of data, which, you know, we talk about data's single neuron being replicated and put in this, um, simulation, massive quantum reconstructive complex, whatever they called it. It's different because data was already a digital being in a lot of ways. And, you know, even, even the fact that they can grab Picard's consciousness, consciousness, 
it made me think that the mind mill made a little more sense um, in the last episode where um, Sutra does the mind mill with Jurati. But yeah, it, it, it does make me sad in the sense that Picard is gone. He's still here, but he's gone, you know, and, and the Picard we saw in all those episodes in TNG is gone for all intents and purposes. But if you look at, I guess, poetically, if you look at it as him defending the sense, um, I think it's a cool way to continue his life, but also make the meaning of the synthetics life a little more important because, you know, this is Picard. The great Picard is now a synth. So a lot of interesting stuff there. And, you know, John, you were talking about uh, philosophy and things like that. I, you can look at it a bunch of different ways, yeah. a bunch of different and ways. I don't- like I don't even look at it philosophically though, because like the way I I relate our, our us to being like a computer, like literally the brain is the hard drive, the consciousness is memory. So like if your computer crashes and your computer does a memory dump, it's everything that was in the computer's memory before it crashed. Yeah. Like to me, that seems like that what that's what happened here. Yeah. But mm-hmm. I don't. I could be wrong. Yeah. All right. So so let me throw this angle at you. Now, I agree with everything that Carrie just said, because that and, and that's actually kind of deep in the sense of, you know, this is a downloaded version. This is not really him. And Clarence, you followed up on that. But w- looking at it from going back and seeing these old track episodes that we've reviewed in the last several months, seeing the Picard relationship with Data I kind of like it as a bookend that he and Data trade places. He basically becomes like Data at the very end, and he in turn gives Data a gift of something that Data says fulfills what he is, and that is to die. So I like that swapping of places, sort of speak. So that is that was cool. That that actually was really emotional for me. That was really really cool. Yeah. I, I love that it fulfills data's biggest pursuit and that's become more human. You know, that's what he's, he's tried to do throughout all the episodes we've seen him is to become more human. And this is like his final hurrah to be, to be more human is to die. So in, 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 I think it brings a very satisfying end to, to Brent Spiner's character uh, acting in that role. I think it's a good send off. Whereas in nemesis to see him, you know, just blew up on his ship. That was hard. That was hard. So we finally get a good send off, good funeral, so to speak, for Data. So I, I really appreciated that. Absolutely. Absolutely. Hey, hey, Jessica in the YouTube chat asked the question, did anyone else considering did, did anyone else think considering how traumatized Picard still was from being Locutus, he was on he was way on board with being a golem? Huh. It did seem like he accepted it pretty quickly. <laughs> oh, he just downloaded me without telling me into this um golem bo- golem body. Well, he's a very he's a very logical person. Like, and I think he's thinking, oh, well, it's done now. What what can I do about it? Yeah. Yeah. Well he did just unplug data. True. True. And then they oh, I was really surprised that they gimped him so to speak it makes sense because old patrick stewart can't run around and do cool stuff but you know they gave him no abilities he's going to die in his real lifetime you know they 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 gimped them which you know i don't know how to feel about it was that a cop that now that one to me felt like a cop out i mean logically speaking from an acting point of view he can't do any of the things a super powerful soji or data can do i get that but still like you said but it did feel like a bit of a cop out so are we saying you wanted him to have super? It, 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 it's not that I wanted it, but it just felt too convenient. You know, it just felt too convenient. I would have been okay with them just fixing him and then bringing him back. I thought it would have been cool if like Tom Hardy would have came back for the next season. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that would have been dope. Oh, yeah, that would be kind of awesome. All right, so that's all I really have. Uh, I think Carrie mentioned the Rafi 7 thing earlier, which I just found out of the blue and nowhere. I'm like, it's not that I didn't like it. It's just like it was such a surprise that they, I was just shocked, really. I found it mildly arousing. <laughs> <laughs> and so did all the other fans. <laughs> yeah, all right. 
That was truly fan service. <laughs> right. <laughs> oh, we, we're shipping them now? What, what do you say, Jeremy? I thought you had a comment there. Uh, well, you know, they, they alluded, already alluded to seven earlier in the season. But Rafi, that just to me came out of nowhere. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the, it, it really did. And we have interesting things to look forward to next season because we have a, a few cu- couplings on the on the Las Arena there. So. Well, was I the only one not surprised by this? Where did they allude to it? I was just to see her hugging something that wasn't a bottle. So, <laughs> like, well, I mean, we already knew like that was kind of Rafi's choice. Like, didn't we? Like, didn't we not? See, I, I did. I didn't get it. No, I didn't. Like when either. he, like when she was talking to the admiral and they were trying to get permission to go to the artifact, and she kind of referenced their past relationship and. It was it was kind of more than a, just a friendship type thing. Maybe so. I thought they were just friends, but I guess I need to go back and watch this scene. <laughs> and then, and there's another there's another scene in one of the episodes, and I can't recall it. But I mean, when I seen that, like I I kind of put it together because I I've always I've watched those two scenes, and I've always had that in the back of my mind. Like I wonder, like yeah. where Rafi goes, you know? And now we know. But like I think it led up to it. I seen it coming. Huh. I didn't. It was a I shocker to me. Yeah, me neither. And, and is this one of those things when you go back and you've had something revealed? And I'm not saying, you know, Jonathan, you didn't see that. You very well, you know, may have. And kudos to you. But this could also be something when you go back and watch it, knowing something. It's like, yeah. oh yeah, they had that here. Like right. the head tick. <laughs> right. Yeah. yeah. Oh, and they were playing the game that uh, Tuvok used to play all the time. Uh, or Vulcans in general. What's the name of the game? I can't remember. With the string, the stick thingies. I cannot remember what it's called. Oh, uh, um, but that was cool. Right, okay. That was cool seeing that again. Kento, Kento. and the music, and the music they were playing. Yeah, the music was really good. The music, was, and then they 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 book uh, in the season with blue skies, which we saw from the opening scenes mm-hmm. of the of the series. So all great stuff there. So was that Soji singing? Yeah, yeah, I've read that. Yeah, yeah. I thought it was, but I wasn't sure. So interesting thing about her, and I don't, I think I saw this on a YouTube video. It may have been the last Ready Room, but she, you, she was in Hamilton. She did Hamilton. Oh, she was. Yeah, yeah. She's fairly young though, because I think she came out of drama school, did Hamilton, and got Star Trek. So good for her. Wow. <laughs> it's all downhill from here then. Oh, 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 oh! That didn't mention one of my favorite parts. So we're gonna, we're gonna wrap this up, but. When when Riker came on screen and he like called out, oh, somebody gonna kick her tall she our ass. That was great. <laughs> that was great. Dude, when he was <laughs> sitting in the chair, like leaned over, like he was just completely comfortable being in the lead, like being the like head dude. That was uh, my favorite part of the whole episode. Yeah, man, Riker, he's freaking awesome. Get that man a series. Come on. But guys, we're gonna <laughs> wrap this up if nobody else has any other comments. So, so oh, go ahead, guys. And this Venus planet with no kind of like help or with with just we're just gonna leave them there and hope they make it and let them fend for themselves. I like they have to eat. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. It did seem kind of iffy, though. I get, I got you there. Yeah, yeah, it was not mentioned at all. Like. No, they just kind of, and then Starfleet left. They were like nobody stayed behind to like do cleanup or anything. So there's just this whole planet of Siths and Borg just kind of hanging out. And hopefully they'll stay on their sides. That could be interesting. So, yeah, that could be interesting. I kind of like that actually. Mm-hmm. Well, you know, there was an episode of TNG where uh, Lore actually converted a bunch of Borg to like a cult. Yeah, so yeah. He's kind of yeah, so. Maybe these synths are going to, I don't know, fix these Borg and kind of assimilate them, maybe? Well, I guess, honestly, for all intents and purposes, they are safe because that's Starfleet airspace. That's Starfleet territory now. So if they are attacked, that's an act of war against Starfleet. And then those super event ships are going to, like, destroy all the Romulans, basically. So Unless they decide to call in Metal Thulu again. (laughs) Did that remind anybody of anything? I mean, it, it gave me it gave me Discovery vibes, but I couldn't c- quite place it. Tentacles, really? I mean, it, it kind of reminded me. Yeah, that just looked weird. 
It reminded me of Hellboy, actually, the little creature they tried to uh, summon in the first Hellboy movie. Huh. Except made of metal. <laughs> Jessica's right. They did call it a first contact situation. So that's also something to think about. Yep. Uh, all right. Well, thanks for everybody for joining in the chat. And we are going to wrap this up. Season is over. We may we're gonna. I think we're gonna follow in the discussing who style and do a favorites as the last episode of the season. You know, best, most liked, most disliked of the season type of episode, which I thought was very good that we did for discussing who. But we're gonna wrap this up and go around the horn and see what everybody has been working on, podcast related or otherwise, or watching. Quite frankly, since we're all at home doing social distancing. And we'll start with uh, Carrie. What about you, man? What have you been working on, podcast or otherwise? Uh, just music. Um, as far as like TV shows or whatever, I don't watch a whole lot of TV now that this is off. So I don't really have any recommendations. I can give you some uh, Japanese manga recommendations, but like everybody, <laughs> else, if you guys want to hear that, we can just go next question. <laughs> uh, Jeremy, what about you, man? Um, I really haven't been watching anything. I do want to say, though, that I know some of us, myself included, haven't been dealing well with this social isolation, this social distancing that we've had to do. And if you need to talk to somebody, call and talk to somebody because that's something I probably should have done. But, you know, take care of yourself. And if you need to talk, find somebody to talk to. Yeah. Don't let it get you down. Yeah, definitely, man. Definitely. John, what about you, man? Uh, not much, man. With the extra time I've had, I've been working in the yard, doing things around the house. The ready room recording studio is almost there. Uh, just have to put some flooring down and I think we will get there. And what I've been watching, and I'm sure everybody has heard about it and I kept hearing, so I decided to give it a watch. And that is Tiger King. I do even say that. <laughs> Listen. <laughs> This is this is the craziest stuff you will ever see in your life. Like if you want to laugh hysterically for a long time, like watch this. This this it's it's ridiculous. So is this like a this is like real? Though. Yeah, this, this is, is a documentary. It's, it's kind of unbelievable. Like, I mean, yeah, it's real. Not only for the antics, but just being in a cage with a lion or a tiger and not how even not yeah. How do you, yeah? That, it seems implausible. It almost well, impossible. That, I mean, that happens all the time. I mean, we we see we've seen that in many. Well, I have. I mean, you, well, not to not to this extent. I haven't seen. I have, I must admit because they're like they'll turn their back. They'll go put their arm in the lions in the tiger's mouth. They they I don't know. But <laughs> well, yeah, I, I mean, I've seen that quite a bit through. I mean, not in person, but I mean, I've seen documentaries and things about exotic pet owners and all of that. I mean, not 257 tigers, but yeah. I mean, I've seen a documentary of a guy that had like two tigers and a, some other weird animal. And he would like put his head in his mouth and weird stuff like that. Maybe it's, maybe it's because they're not that intelligent. Maybe. <laughs> Cause like, I, I read these stories about people who keep chimpanzees and it was like one of the chimpanzees birthday. And they brought th that, 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 chimpanzee like a piece of cake and all the other ones got mad and they like broke out of the cage and like ripped these people apart <laughs> oh, and God. like that's chimpanzees like i can imagine like tigers but right. also, also they're raising these from our cubs from from right from very they small are. so they're 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 around them their entire life so that's that's i guess that's a little bit different how you think of it still not an excuse because a tiger is going to be a tiger at some right. point <laughs> Make sure they don't go hungry. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Kyle Jones, what about you, man? Podcast leader, otherwise? Uh, I would say since you mentioned uh, discussing who earlier, we're doing some classic um, Doctor Who episodes. We did a first Doctor last week. We're doing a sixth Doctor this week. So yeah, check us out, discussingwho.com. Yeah, and my suggestion is going to be something that I watched that I really missed when it came out. But since I have Disney Plus, I've caught up on it being in social isolation here. Uh, Aladdin, the remake, is actually really good. It is it really is. surprisingly is. good. You know, I'm not too big for the singing slash musical type of shows, but 
I thoroughly enjoyed it, man. Will Smith kicks tail in that show, man. And also The Lion King. I watched both of those. They're on Disney Plus right now. If you have not seen them, it's not the one from the 90s. It's a different interpretation, but it's still really good. It's really good. So I I enjoyed both of them. I like The Lion King, but I like The the Legend. The Lion King, come on, man. Ah. Dude, the the problem Uh with Lion King is that, like, (laughs) photorealistic lions cannot show emotion. They're just like this. I'm so happy. Yay. I don't know. And they changed up too much of the music to make it Yeah, the music was also not as good as Aladdin either. Good. Yeah, see, whereas with that one, it was kind of harder to change the music as much. But with Aladdin, you could throw hip-hop Will Smith in there. He's not going to be Robin Williams, but he did a good job in his interpretation of it. They went for something totally different, and it was good. So I, I do get that. I do get that. But he he wasn't trying to be butchered. Robin Williams. He was trying to be Will Smith. And that, they and that butchered Be him. Prepared, yeah. man. They butchered Be Prepared. It was yes, horrible. They did. That was yes, like that did. was when I was done with the movie. Was when they when they just messed up. Be prepared. Uh, like, come that's on, man. My favorite part of the movie, pretty much. Fair enough. I thought it was good, but anyway, we won't we won't digress too far on this. If you had Disney Plus, check those out. All night. I apologize. <laughs> no, no. It's like, hey, we're here to give our opinion, man. We're here to give our opinion. So, guys, thanks for all for joining. Uh, also, again, like, be sure to like and subscribe on the various podcasting platforms, leave reviews, all that other good stuff. And until next time, guys, live long and prosper. Thanks for listening to the Discussing Trek podcast. For more information, go to discussingtrek.com slash subscribe. Enjoyed this podcast, you may also like Relativity is an audio drama serial about two people, a woman on earth and a man in space, struggling to remain connected, to help one another through life and death situations. Their only link across the vast emptiness of the cosmos is the sound of each other's voices. Find out more at relativitypodcast.com. Discussing that word.